Hey everyone, Adam Holtz here, your host of The Plugged In Show. Thanks for joining us today for a special episode. A very special episode. (laughs) Of The Plugged In Show. It feels like an after-school special from the 1980s, (laughs) right? Exactly. (laughs) But I digress. You know, at Plugged In, one of the things that we hope to do is keep a close eye on what's happening in culture. We want to be looking at things that may be influencing our kids, the choices they're making, trends, that sort of thing. And every now and then something pops up that we want to deal with on the fly. And so today we are going to talk about one of those things. We are going to talk about the phenomena of... Gentle Minions. That was pretty good. I we didn't like even it. Plan that. I know, right? It worked really well. And uh, as you might have guessed, I'm joined today by Plugged In Editor Paul AC. Paul, thanks for being here. Happy to be here. So Paul and I came in this morning, and Paul was busily writing away by the time I got to my cubicle, <laughs> which is the way it usually works. I'm not sure Paul ever leaves, actually. And I came in all excited. I'm like, Paul, I have a great idea for a blog. There's this thing called Gentle Minions. And Paul's like, I know, right? I've almost got the blog done already. (laughs) And that led to about a 30-minute conversation, okay, maybe 20, uh, in which we talked about what this thing is. And so today, we want to unpack it, and we want to unpack the superficial fun side of it, and also some aspects of it that may go deeper than it seems on the surface. So Paul... In a nutshell, if I were a gentle minion, what would I be doing and where would I be found? So you would be probably between 13 and 17 years old. You would be dressed in a suit, formal wear perhaps, and you would be buying a ticket to Minions Rise of Gru. Uh, essentially, this is this movement was inspired by a TikTok meme uh, that was just sort of gentle minions that encouraged people to dress up, buy tickets to to the Rise of Gru and attend in as fancy as they could. So and- it's sort of treating Rise of Gru like prom or something exactly kinda. exactly it was it was very strange as most memes are it, it was it was sort of strange a little bit random uh has a little bit of a darker element that we'll talk about of course uh but essentially you just had lots and lots of teens who were buying tickets to the rise of Gru. now this is interesting because what what some folks who have been sort of following the ticket sales say about a third of the tickets, more than a third of the tickets, have been bought by kids between the ages of 13 and 17. And mostly boys, right? Mostly boys. And that's significant. When you look at the previous Despicable Me movies, that rate was about 8%. Okay. So this is a marketer's dream. It's a marketer's dream. Right. And, it's, and it has driven the movie, actually, to already the top 10 of the box office for the year. Yeah, I think it, it made $128 million in its first four days in theaters, which, especially post-COVID... It's uh, significant. It's a lot of money. It's doing really well. It's connecting. So what happens when all these kids dress up and go to the theater together? Is it good? Is it bad? Is it D, all of the above? Um, it is really D, all of the okay. above. Talk about that. You have a little bit of this performance aspect that is sort of built into this meme. And you had had some encouragement for some of these well-dressed teens to get a little bit rowdy. Um, some of those teens have gotten rowdier than others. In Britain, for instance, there are some theater chains that aren't even showing the rise of Gru because of the problems that they've had. Or they won't let you in if you have a suit on. Right, exactly. Right? Which which seems exactly. like 
in our discrimination-focused age, it seems like that would be difficult to enforce that. But at least some of the articles I read, they're doing things like they'll smuggle bananas in. Right. And obviously the minions are known for their their deep affection for bananas. And so... And who doesn't have a deep affection for bananas? Well, I don't because I'm allergic, but that's another another podcast podcast. (laughs) for another time. Um, But you can imagine if you took your family and all of a sudden there were, you know, three dozen teens in suits throwing bananas at the screen behind you that it might be a bit of a disruptive experience, right? right? exactly. Now, now, again, this feels like it really is dependent on the theater. It right. really varies from place to place. Some of these kids seem to be just going and watching the movie and right. enjoying it, as right. they would. Um, but it can be a problem in other spots as well. So let's dig in a little bit to some of the deeper ideas in play here, because you and I both had some perspective on this. What stood out to you about the significance of this and and what it says about pop culture and how culture influences us when we're growing up? Well, we've talked even on this podcast before about the power of nostalgia, right? And we saw that with the success of Top Gun. We can see it in so many other different aspects where where these properties that mean something to us come back again and again. And I don't think that teens are necessarily immune to that nostalgia, right? We're talking about Gen Z kids who have grown up with the Despicable Me movies, and they have a deep affection for them. Um, They might not have been their favorite movies growing up, but for some reason they have held on to their charm. And honestly, a lot of these movies are very, very charming. They have some very nice messages. And so in some respects, you sort of get the sense that some of these teens are looking returning to a more innocent time, you know? Yeah, Yeah, you know, I saw one article in which uh, one of the Universal executives who's been involved with the franchise since the beginning basically said, we are continually amazed, and I'm paraphrasing, at how much the whole Minions thing has penetrated global culture. You know, you can wander around and say, banana, and (laughs) there's a good chance people will know Right that you're making a reference to the minions. Right. Um, and and they're, they're lovable. They're relatively innocent. You know, we've talked about... Some all, bathroom humor, yeah, some issues. exactly. You know, and you can go to PluggedIn.com and check out our review for all five of the movies in the Despicable Me franchise at this point. Um, but I love what you had to say, that when we're young, even if something is innocuous and kind of silly and isn't designed for like deep philosophical takeaway, if you identify with it, and especially these kids who are going to these movies now, this franchise has been with them their whole lives, right? right? right. And so, you know, it's sort of like a celebration of this thing that they've always known. I saw an article um, that was out of Australia, which shows how global the culture is. Uh, And a 10-year-old student named Sam Hart said, my friends and I immediately thought that if we didn't engage in it, that is dressing up and doing this thing, we'd regret it for the rest of our lives. <laughs> we talked about it, we set a date, and arrived in our formal outfits. And I wow. think even though there's been some bad behavior, there's a real sweetness to that. There is a real sweetness to that. And I think it, it does it does draw our mind to that 
in some ways, I think we all long for a little bit of innocence, a yeah. little bit of niceness. Yeah. You know, in, in a way, you could even look at the formal wear as sort of a symbol of that as we become... It's kind of a throwback, it isn't it? Really it really is. Because our, our culture is so casual now. Our culture is so casual. We get grimier, both in terms of how we dress and how we act. And this feels like a little bit of a throwback and, and a sweet one at that. And one of the things I talked about that I was sharing with you this morning... Uh, my first thought was, this speaks to transcendence. And now uh, you might be sitting there thinking, what is up with Come that? on, we're talking about little Twinkie guys with <laughs> goggles on. What does that have to do with transcendence? Right. Well, let me tell you. So uh, we believe as Christians that God has created us with a desire and an indwelt sort of wiring to be a part of a bigger story, right? to be a part of something bigger than us. And I think if we're pursuing our faith in our families, um, obviously, hopefully that's directed toward Jesus. But I think that there are times when there's a little bit of that transcendence that leaks out in other areas. And I think especially when we're involved with crowds of any kind, it could be a football game, it could be a movie, there's a sense that we're involved in something bigger. And as I watch some of these TikTok videos with dozens or maybe even hundreds of teenagers streaming into theaters, proudly kind of marching, right. you know, they kind of strut, like, look at us, we're cool. You get a sense that they're identifying with something, right. they're participating in something bigger than them. And I think in an innocent way, as we said, this speaks to our longing for transcendence yeah. and our desire to be connected to something bigger than us. No, I think you're absolutely right. I think that, that there is a desire to be to be attached to something bigger. Um, and in, in some ways, it sort of brings me back to some of the unsavory elements of this challenge, right? The violence, the raucousness that you sometimes see. Banana violence. The banana violence. Right. So you have, you have this inherently nice thing that's going on. Yeah. You have this desire for transcendence. Both of those are really good things, and yet the culture can twist it. Sin it is crouching it. at the door, as Genesis says. That's exactly right. And I think that, that for me, it's a great illustration of what sin does, mm. right? We hear from St. Augustine that, you know, the devil can't create anything, but he can twist what he's given. Mm. And it feels like this is a good example of this. Now, now, granted, the Minions Rise of Gru is not like some sort of sacred thing. No, I didn't think of Augustine even a single time while I was watching it. <laughs> But but it does have this sweetness about it. It yeah. has that element, as you say, this element of transcendence when you sort of buy into this. But as everything good in our lives, it can be twisted for bad purposes, for bad reasons. Um, and I think that that's something that we just have to be mindful of. And this this phenomenon, as simple as it is, can remind us of that. I think it does. And I think I want to circle back to the social media connection in terms of for parents, how we think about this. This is something that exists because of TikTok. Right. Without one TikTok video that goes viral, this probably doesn't happen. Now, in terms of influential TikTok videos, I would rather have my kids getting dressed up in suits and going to <laughs> see Gru than lots of other things right. they could be doing that might be a lot riskier. But I think it really speaks to the influence of social media um, and as parents, 
I think it, we would do well to be paying attention to it, mm-hmm. right? And in the ways that it's influencing our kids. Absolutely. You know, when you talk about some of these, some of these things that we see on social media, the reality is, is that parents are always going to be a few steps behind. <laughs> but it's really important to be mindful of what influences your kids are being exposed to. You know, yep. on any screen available. Movies, TV, but especially social media in some ways. And I think the other thing to be mindful of is that if your kids connect with something and identify with it, sometimes as parents, we have a knee-jerk reaction. We might be tempted to say, well, that's silly, right? I think you could look at this and say, that's kind of ridiculous. Right. But especially when we listen to the words of this 10-year-old from Australia, who's like, I would regret it for the rest of my life if I didn't do it. There's something deeper going on there. And I think that when we see movies and social media influencing our kids, especially if it's in a way that we don't understand or don't like or think is silly, we would do well to pause and say, what is it that you like about it? Where are you identifying with this? I think that's absolutely right. And it gets back to what you were saying about transcendence, right? These kids, it's not necessarily about the minions entirely. It's about... It is scratching an itch, yeah, feeding into something that they have a deep-seated desire to experience, that ability to be in community. And when I think about communities, the first foremost community that kids are a part of is your family. That's right. And so you need to be aware of and make that community uh, a welcoming place where you can talk, where you can listen, where you can engage with some of these ideas without necessarily coming to a snap judgment one way or another. Yeah, I love that. And I love how this story has given us sort of a, a little case study in culture, right? It's influence, it's unpredictability, the goodness, the badness, the way kids are influenced by it uh, in an innocuous way. Right. You know, this is not a horrifying story, even at its worst. <laughs> I mean, at, at its worst, we're talking about rowdy kids throwing right. bananas. So, right. um, but I just felt like as we talk today, there are so many angles to it. And as you said, we want to be creating really a community uh, and a culture in our family where we're paying attention, where we're watching, where we're talking. And where we're seeking to deepen our understanding of how these things are influencing our kids. And sometimes that means we'll say no to something. Right. And sometimes that means, you know what? Maybe we help you dress up and take you to the theater so you can enjoy this with your friends. And confiscate any bananas that they might be carrying. And make sure there are no bananas in pockets because when they go through the wash, it's just bad. So, Paul, thanks for exploring this strange phenomena of gentle minions today. I hope as you have listened, um, there have been some points where... Well, you can think about your family. And as always, I want to remind you that Plugged In exists to be a resource to help you and your family know what's happening in pop culture and how you know you should be making decisions for your particular children in the situations you face. You can find us at PluggedIn.com and on Facebook and Instagram. And we thank you for listening today. Good parents aren't perfect, and that's okay. But there are ways you can grow every day. Focus on the Family's 7 Traits of Effective Parenting Assessment gives parents an honest look at their unique strengths, plus some areas they could use a little help. Every mom and dad can help raise the next generation of healthy, mature, and responsible children. And this assessment will help get you started. 
Take the assessment at focusonthefamily.com slash seven trades. That's focusonthefamily.com slash seven trades.